glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I another episode of the it is technically the fantasy football roundtable podcast but we're doing a special episode today me and mr matthew fox who joined me and dennis just a couple weeks ago to talk about the denver broncos and the afc west is joining me today to do a game of thrones centric episode due to the fact that well it premieres here this sunday it's finally here after 19 months of waiting we're finally going to get the final season and i know both of us are extremely excited about it matt what's going on not much just you know hanging out in my basement to avoid the nice uh, blizzard that's here today yesterday was almost 80 degrees and today we have a blizzard so winter is definitely coming uh, <laughs> here in colorado we're making the re-return and i guess you know you already were a fantasy football podcast now today you can just be a fantasy that's right podcast. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you made the winter is coming joke because I was going to do it and I felt like it was going to be corny. So I'm glad that at least one of us did it, though. I was I was one, wasn't sure if you were going to if you were going to go for it or not. But uh, so as I, I touched about in the intro and everything, we're, we're, we're focusing all on Game of Thrones. here. we're going to do a little bit of everything kind of talking about uh, you just wrote an article that we're going to touch on here in a minute. Uh, I want to bring up another thing and then we're just going to go full in talking just about the show. We got some fan questions um, and just all kinds of other stuff. We just wanted to focus on it because, again, it's a very popular show, one that you obviously really like, myself as well. Uh, but before we get into talking about anything else, I'd like to hear um, how you kind of got into it, How what started you down the Game of Thrones path, what what did you like that much about the show, just everything that comes with you and the show. So I, uh, in college, was a radio, television, and film major, and part of that was uh, taking film theory. I've always enjoyed film. Before I moved into the career I'm in now, I worked for a local newspaper and started uh, serving as a movie reviewer about in 2003. Did that for about 15 years before I retired from having to write the column uh, 
for the newspaper a couple of years ago, but I always review uh, movies and TV shows on my blog every Tuesday. I, I take a look at pilot and second episode of all the new scripted shows I can manage to watch, which is almost all of them, and uh, do movie reviews on Wednesdays. So for a long time, I've gone and tried out all these new shows, and that was kind of how I first stumbled on Game of Thrones. It's interesting, um, since it's a beloved show for me to go back and look when i reviewed the pilot uh i had never read the books i knew it was based on a book but the other thing my wife thinks is strange but um is if i know something is based on a book i purposely don't want to have ever read the book before i absorb either this the tv show or the movie mm -hmm. and if i enjoy it i'll go back and read the book afterward and expand my appreciation of the story but i just like the visual medium and i like the surprises and how everything's going to hit me in terms of the story. So I don't want to have too much information ahead of time. So I went into game of Thrones pilot, never read the books, didn't know much about it except for that it was on HBO. And I watched the pilot and thought, no, this is not for me. I remember the original grade. I think I gave the pilot was something like a C minus. I watched the second episode. And I was like, eh, still not really for me, but there wasn't a lot on on Sunday nights, and I like HBO, so I kind of limped along through the first season, and I was on the fence about whether I was going to continue until that ninth episode of the first season, uh, Baylor. And if you've seen uh, this show before you and you're familiar with it, you know there's a really big event that happens in there that uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if we're doing spoilers on here. That's so right. I mean... I would imagine if, if they're listening to this, they're a fan of the show, they're all caught up. So we'll just give it right here. Hey, spoiler alert. If you guys haven't watched any of the show, just avoid this episode altogether because there's going to be spoilers in here from both of us, I'm sure. Yes. I, I talk about this a little. You mentioned I, I published an article on Sunday on the Fantasy Life app blog where I went through the top my top ten uh, episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And this uh, episode nine, Baylor, was uh, my number ten episode because it was the moment that I was all in on the show. You know, I, I kept thinking, oh, I don't know why they're going through the charade. Ned Stark's the main character. He's never going to die. And as soon as his head came off, I was like, this is a show that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my probably my my love for it has only grown as we've gone through the seasons. And um, I've started to read some of the books. Fortunately, the show is now well past where the books were, so I don't have to worry about getting uh, any plot points thrown there. Um, but I was a total. I was on the fence. I started watching it live as it aired. Uh, you know, the I mentioned in my piece, Game of Thrones is one of the few shows that has grown its audience every single season it's been on the air that first season. I don't even th think HBO really knew what to make of it. They kind of dumped it in April with a little, with very little fanfare. It averaged, I think, less than 3 million people per episode. Uh, and you get up to the last season, and it's averaging almost 11 million per episode. And that's just the people that they can actually measure that are watching it on TV, not counting all the people that are watching bootlegs or getting friends' HBO passwords. Right. I mean, it's just exploded, and I've kind of watched it all the way along, and I'm really excited. It's hard to believe it's... I think they said the cast said they've. It's been ten years, almost ten years since they started on it. It's hard to believe it's been a long journey. Yeah. So that is that is uh, interesting because uh, something some of the stuff you said there is exactly uh, what exact same thing happened for me too. So I actually did not get into Game of Thrones until season six. Um, you know what I mean by that is everybody 
I don't even know. I, I'm going to be right there with you on on the fact of the first season. I didn't even know it got released on HBO. Huge HBO guy. You know, one of my favorite shows still to this day is The Sopranos. I could watch. If Sopranos popped up on TV, I could sit and watch all day long. I'm, I'm huge, though. Uh, many people who know me, follow me on Twitter, know I'm huge into, like, true crime stuff and, and all that stuff. And um, So I've, I've always, you know, paid attention, loved HBO, loved their programming and everything. Obviously, The Wire, another great show that they've done. Had no idea what Game of Thrones was or anything like that. And it started to grow, just like you talked about. I would say probably season, th- probably the time that season three came out was when I started hearing about it. But it was kind of one of those things where I was like, ah, you know, I really don't want to go back and watch it now. Uh, I, you know, I don't even want to say – I could be wrong, but I don't even remember if they had all the, like, HBO Go stuff back then where you could go back and watch – rewatch everything on there like you can nowadays. A lot of times it was stuff you had to watch in person or if they were re-airing stuff on HBO. Uh, and one day, me and my wife, we just – we kind of ran out of shows to watch, and we were sitting there, and everybody was talking about how Game of Thrones was coming back for season six. I think it was like two months away, and everybody was getting all excited about it because of, again, the spo- – I think it was season six, so I could be wrong. Um, but it was, I believe, right after Jon Snow got brought back to life. Was that five or six? No, he comes back second episode of uh, season six. Season six. Okay, so that was season six. So all I hear about was that he died. Everybody's talking about it. again. I wasn't watching the yeah. show, so it wasn't like a, a huge thing for me when people talked about it. Because I was like, "Oh, it's no, don't worry about. It. I'm not going to watch it." So everybody's talking about, "Oh, you know, how is this going to happen? What are they going to do now that this beloved character is gone?" And finally, me and my wife sat down. It's like, you know what? Let's just watch it. Let's just let's just watch a couple episodes to see if we get into it. And I'm right there with you. Season nine was when I same thing for me. I went all in. Like the first couple episodes, I watched it, and I was just like babe, I don't, this is just not doing it for me. Like, I, I'm not intrigued at all. Like, there's really nothing for me here. And she was like, well, let's just finish out this, you know, the first first season. Let's see if anything changes for us. And that was it because I'm right there with you. I never thought they were going to do it. And when Ned Stark dies, I was like, okay, all right, this is interesting. Let's go on to season two and see what happens. And then from there, I was hooked. Like I said, it, it, I'm right there with you. It's been an awesome show. You know, Blackwater, I thought, I think is in season two, right near the end, is one of my yep. favorite episodes as well. Okay. Yep. And uh, it continues that uh, penultimate se- episode of the season tradition that they start with Baylor, where basically the the next to last episode of every season is the WTF moment. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and and I've been hooked ever since. Um, the one thing that sucks for me this year is so me and my wife were. Uh, the same way as you were describing earlier, where it's it's appointment viewing every Sunday night. You have to watch it, and I can't do it this year. And obviously, this is the worst time to do it uh, because it is the final season. But now my wife, uh, she has a new work schedule, so she works Sunday nights from eight o'clock in the uh, at eight o'clock at night to three o'clock in the morning. So now I have to try and avoid all the spoilers and everything until Monday afternoon when I get home from work to watch it with her. So I'm a little disappointed about that, but I I cannot wait for it to start. Obviously. Um, you know, I might, you know, babe, I know you like to listen to, to the podcast. Uh, I might watch a couple of the episodes while you're at work. But don't get too mad at me because I do love you and I do want to enjoy them together. But, you know, there's just some things that I really don't want to miss in person. But, uh, yeah, it's been an awesome show and it's really kind of changed, uh, like I, uh, as you've talked about too, over time. And it's really kind of become this huge pop culture hit that I think is uh, it's been really fun to watch. So, 
you were just talking about the uh, the article you put out. I have read it. It's really good. Um, before we jump into that one, because I want to get more into that, uh, if you guys uh, follow Entertainment Weekly or anything like that on Twitter, they just put out an article as well with a bunch of episodes that they think you should watch before the new season comes out. It's a lot of uh, – I was just scrolling through the list – uh, a lot of uh, very pivotal episodes, in all honesty, is certain stuff that goes on. A lot of some of the better episodes, one of them. Uh, there's two episodes on there that are by far my favorites of the entire show. Actually, three of them, and I will, uh, I'll, get to, I'll talk to you about that, though. But I want to hear about your articles. You talked about you put it up on Medium, uh, your top yep. ten episodes. Just give us a couple of them. I don't want you to give out the whole article because obviously we want people to go read it. Uh, but just kind of talk about some of your favorite episodes that are on there. Yeah, so there's a lot uh, in here, you know, going through the rewatch. It's really hard to narrow it down. I think I did my first pass of episodes that I would consider. There have been 67 okay. that have aired so far. I did my first pass of episodes I would consider and ended with, like, 22. And I thought, this is this is going to be my nightmare. <laughs> so I looked at it. I refined it quite a bit and came, um, came with the, the top ten. And, you know, I'll just... Give you a couple of uh, hits. I mentioned Baylor, um, you know, makes the list. It's almost, I likened it a little bit to when you're ranking the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you can't really leave out Iron Man because mm-hmm. it kind of set the foundation. And for me, Baylor, when you go back and look and compare it to the way they've done episodes in subsequent seasons as they got bigger budgets and got more into it, it doesn't hold up quite as well compared to that but the pure shock value and and the fact that for so many people that was the moment when they were all in yeah uh, and that was true for me so i had to hit that one um people maligned the seventh season um and i think that's fair uh, i think the the best overall season period for the show for me is season six mm-hmm. and coming off the high of that especially the last you know, six episodes of that season. There are so many huge moments. I don't that was going to be a lot to live up to, and um, so I'm not that surprised seven didn't match up at that level. But there is uh, right in the middle of that season, episode four, the spoils of war. You get Arya uh, dueling with Brienne. You get Arya and Sansa reunited, which is kind of a huge moment. And then, of course, just that incredible uh, loot train battle. Uh, with Drogon, so that makes the list. Uh, I know some people would quibble with putting a season seven episode, but uh, I stuck it in there. Um, really, one of the most. This is a show that has had some incredibly powerful uh, emotional moments. Uh, I think probably one of the ones that universally made people choke up was the door, which is uh, yes. in season six. Uh, when we lose Hodor, um, so you couldn't imagine a list without that for me. Uh, a lot of people dislike uh, season five or think season five was the weakest. I, you know, I think there's some episodes that people forget about, but one of the my favorite episodes uh, in the entire show is in season five, which is Hard Home. Um, just a, an incredible epic showdown with the the Night King. Uh, and you also forget that that episode actually begins with the first meeting between Tyrion and Daenerys, which is two characters that were fan favorites that had never had scenes together in the show. And that's kind of a fun back and forth. And then John and the Night King. Uh, and then I think, uh, especially when I was rewatching, going through, uh, the one that ends up topping the list for me is the season six finale, which is The Winds of Winter. Yes. 
So you mentioned a couple of my favorite episodes again. There's a couple that I wrote down that I was just uh, huge fans of that <clears throat> I could, off the top of my head, I, I always harken back to and think about because they were some of my favorite episodes. Uh, the Winds of Winter is one. You know, just based on, on everything that happens in that episode, again, I, I guess we, we're going to throw the spoilers out there, but... Uh, uh, yeah. God, I can't remember his name now. Um, uh, everybody always calls him Fallout Boy, but I was not expecting, obviously, the king Tommen. Tommen to obviously kill himself. Obviously, you get to finally see John becomes the king of the North, which is very interesting. The whole Cersei blowing up uh, the Sept there was just uh, not not at all what I expected. I did not expect any no. of that stuff to happen. Um, and then, in all honesty, the episode right before that is one of my favorites as well in the Battle of the Bastards, and that's just obviously. Just mostly because it's just a great fight scene. I loved uh, Jon Snow in that that um, uh, that episode. I hated seeing. My goodness, why am I forgetting all the names now? Um, um, Rickon. I'm sorry. Oh, Rickon. Yeah. Rickon. Well, yeah. When uh, when um, Ramsey kills Rickon, I was not expecting that too. That kind of hit home a little bit for me. Uh, but in all honesty, one of my favorite episodes is the door, and I think that that's mm. just because of the. It's interesting because I don't know how many people really have, um, became attached to Hodor. Like, you know, he's a lovable character. Obviously, you see everything that he does um, with uh, – oh, my God. I'm, I'm trying to process with so much Bran. stuff in my head. Yes. Um, everything that he does with, with Bran and obviously him kind of starting to become the three-eye raven and everything. And you don't – maybe it's just because of the shock value of it. You don't expect that all to like, – like that last – was it probably five minutes of the episode? If yeah. that, three minutes – just that whole culmination of his whole character and everything coming together is just it is truly heartbreaking. Like I we've lost many characters on the show and none of them hit me as hard as Hodor did right there. Like that was and and for me that's why it's honestly like my favorite episode because I've never just like been so engrossed and just like literally like I actually was crying in front of my wife and I was like, Oh my god, like that it's that powerful for me. Uh, so that is one of my favorite episodes. I'm glad that it was on your list as well because I don't know how many people will talk about it uh in that fact, but that that was a huge deal for me. Well when I made that initial list, I think eight of the ten episodes from season six made the short list and I ended up uh putting three of them uh on the final 10 list, but I mean, the episode right before the door where you have Daenerys uh, lighting herself on fire at the Dothraki um, and getting, you know, building her army that way has a pretty incredible moment. Yeah. Uh, the episode right before Battle of the Bastards, no one. You have Arya facing off against the Waif. Mm-hmm. Um, some pretty, I mean, it was just a season. And that's, you know, even forgetting the resurrection of Jon Snow. Uh, yeah. Which was a huge moment. Yeah, yeah. John reuniting with Sansa. I mean, season six had some huge moments, and then to end with Winds of Winter. I think one of the reasons it ends up rising for me because I, for a long time, I've been um, on Hard Home, but mm-hmm. you know, going through the rewatch and really looking the artistry with which they did it, um, combined with the fact that we, you know, it was a super well known thing by the time you hit season six that the ninth episode or the next to last episode is going to be the one that's just the jaw-dropping right. moments you know we'd had Baylor, we had blackwater we had the red wedding in season three uh season four you have the watchers on the wall which is the big epic battle at the at the wall mm-hmm. season 
five, you had the Dance of Dragons, which had, you know, one of the most gutting sacrifices and then this huge epic dragon fight in the in the pit. And then season six, you had Battle of the Bastards and you're thinking, well, at least I'll be able to gather myself here with the finale. But right. now Winds of Winter is the first finale that from beginning to end is almost a nonstop thrill ride. You have the opening sequence, which would have done the Godfather proud with the way Cersei settles <laughs> all her family debts. Yeah. You know, later you have Arya settling debts with Walder Frey. John's named King of the North. Cersei is crowned queen. And the final scene is you end with Daenerys setting sail for Westeros, finally, with this gigantic army and the dragons flying overhead. It was just this powerhouse beginning to end um, masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. And then something, uh, I know you haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but everybody else at this point will have been able to hear the intro that I did up for this episode specifically. Uh, interestingly enough, there is a lot of callbacks and lines from that episode, season, uh, season 6, episode 10, in the intro mixed in with it because that's the same thing. It was such a huge episode. Uh, I loved it. You've got some stuff from John, Arya, like it, it's amazing, Daenerys, although I think Daenerys' line's actually from season seven. But uh, you touched on something earlier that I'd like to get your thoughts on because I've heard it a lot. Now, I personally did not think season seven was that bad. Now, again, maybe it's coming from someone who, um, you know, I, I don't want to put it as a, not a – I am a huge fan of it, but I feel like uh, for me, I didn't get to grow with the show like a lot of other people did, like you did, because you were there from the very beginning. So you really kind of grew with it. You, re as you talked about, rewatched uh, episodes and everything like that. I was uh, almost on like a binge of it uh, that first part. Like I said, I, me and my wife watched the first five seasons, uh, like I would say, in like three weeks leading up to season six. And maybe that's why, uh, you know, I have. Uh, you know, very, I shouldn't say strong feelings, I, I like Jon Snow, he's not my favorite character, but like, Jon Snow, and then him coming back, and then obviously Hodor's death in that uh, season as well, like, for me, I agree with you, maybe it is just all around the best season, but it's my favorite season, uh, but I did not think that season seven was that bad, I know a lot of people say that they felt like they kind of rushed everything together to try and get everything ready for the final season, uh, just your thoughts overall on season seven, did you... Now, I know you said that you thought maybe season five was the weakest. Is season seven right there with season five? Did you like it? No? Actually, that's uh, where, you know, I belong to uh, this Binge Mode Facebook group. Uh, Binge Mode is a podcast from the, the Ringer that went through every episode, episode by episode. Um, and there's a lot of super fans in there. And I've seen a lot of people talking about what's, you know, the weakest season. Uh, a lot of people have said five. I don't agree with that. I think five actually has, uh, as I said before, one of my f most favorite episodes in Hard Home. Mm -hmm. I think it gets a little bit of a uh, of a, a bum rap. Some of the episodes in the middle are a little slower. But I, I think there's some moments. And I think the same thing about seven. I think part of, uh, part of, you know, especially I just actually rewatched season seven this week. Um, we, my wife and I actually just finished, uh, the last two episodes, um, that exist yesterday. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. And as I was going through it again, it, it made me feel the same way I did, you know, 19, 20 months ago when it was originally airing that some of it is you're just hoping for all these things that, that didn't happen yet. You know, it, you got in and you got teased right away thinking, well, Arya and John are going to have a reunion and John and Sam are going to have a reunion. But, you know, mostly John is 
marooned out in Dragonstone for the season and then yeah. goes north of the wall. I think people had quibbles that they thought the plans were dumb. You know, that Tyrion's battle plan was stupid and they waste a few episodes and then half his army gets killed. And then the plan of going north of the wall to capture one of them seems stupid and you get people killed. And, and But there are some really powerful moments in there. You know, the, the spoils of war in the middle... You know, you have uh, the powerful moments I, I talked about. Episode 6, uh, where they go north of the wall, has some really powerful character-building things, um, some fascinating dialogue between characters and moments. And, you know, I was still emotionally gutting, even though I've seen it four or five times, to see Viceron, the dragon, get got. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the finale, I thought, set things up uh, in a great way. You have the really satisfying moment of when they turn the tables on Lord Baelish. Um, you have Jamie finally having had enough and breaking uh, with his sister because the, throughout the whole series, you felt like he was a better guy than he was getting credit for, and he was yeah. letting her pull him down in some way. You, you know, you finally have him getting to the point where enough is enough. I'm, I have to be a man of my word at some point taken off. And, of course, I think the part that probably frustrates fans the most is finally at the end of the episode, everybody except for John finds out who he really is. Yeah. You know, it was like, because I know uh, I play in a Game of Thrones fantasy league with guys I met on the Fantasy Life app, and mm-hmm. we, uh, for, a, for a long time, have done uh, the way you get to pick your draft spot is you have a season prediction quiz, and a lot of people had predicted that John was going to find out who he was in yeah. season seven, and to get to the end, and everybody but John knows who he is, is kind of like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. That's going to set up some some questions that I have for you later. So, uh, real quick before we start moving into some of the the questions and everything, some of obviously we've we've kind of been talking about a lot of characters uh, that have been lost and everything. For me, Hodor. There's two of them that really hit me hard. One of them, uh, you were not expecting it. At least I wasn't. Um, and then obviously Hodor is not really as well, but that one's one of the ones that hit me the hardest. Do you have any characters that we lost uh, that just you could not believe they died and, and you hated that they were taken from us so early or so quickly? Well, I've always been a fan of uh, the Starks. Uh, in the Game of Thrones league I play, and we all had to take houses. I've been House Stark for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that actually, you know, their sigil and crest is the background on my uh, computer. That probably started... Back in season one, I was pretty gutted when Ned went down. Um, I think if you've gone through the rest of the series, you have a slightly different opinion of how honorable he may or may not have been as you've learned more about him. Um, Probably, you know, I said this, this episode was also in my top ten with the Red Wedding. Um, I think that is the, for for people who hadn't, read ahead in the books, and I always made sure I was behind in books because I said I, I like to experience it live. I remember when I watched that episode live, I probably sat in the dark for 30 minutes Yes, with the TV off just thinking. My, my wife, at that point in time, she hadn't seen the show a couple summers ago. I think it was right before season seven. Um, she binged the first six seasons so she could watch it with me, and she's rewatched it again with me, so we'll be, we actually have a big premiere party where we're thrown with a that big special awesome. cake I commissioned on Sunday. <laughs> but 
at that point in time, I used to, when Game of Thrones was on, I'd come down to the basement and watch by myself, and she'd watch, you know, like Sister Wives or something up there. Uh-huh. And I remember after the Red Wedding, you know, you know, I did. She didn't hear the TV, and I hadn't come back up. She sent a text. She's like, "Are you still alive?" And I'm like, just contemplating, because yeah. I, you know, I probably sat in the dark for thirty minutes. It was just so shocking and gutting yes. because it was the second time for me in three seasons where I thought, "Oh, the hero." And then just got totally assassinated. Yeah, so... Um, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. John's death, uh, even though that wasn't quite as gutting, because not for one minute did I believe he was actually going to stay dead. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, uh, the Red Wedding is right there. With, that's who I was going to talk about was Rob Stark. Uh, he was my... I've got two favorite characters, and I'll touch on the other one later when I get uh, yours, if, you, if you've got some other ones you want to talk about. And Rob Stark was my favorite right up until that moment like he was you know i he was one of the person one of the people i imagined i would be like he seemed very honorable wanted to carry on his father's name was leading that family i loved like just uh how smart he seemed to be too when it came to like the battles and everything keeping the north alliance together and everything like i, I it was awesome and then obviously the whole thing with the with the Frey family and seeing his wife get murdered if you just find out that she's pregnant, I guess, technically with his child at that time. Then obviously Caitlyn gets killed as well. I mean, just it was so powerful. It made me hate the show, to be honest with you, because I was like, why? <laughs> like I don't I don't want to watch it anymore. I was like, this is this show sucks. What is wrong with these people? So and then like I said, I've I've never read any of the books. I actually uh my whole family has, and that's they were really kind of the big people who pushed me into the show as well because they were always talking about it, and I was always kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on. But they never really talked about that. Like the big thing was obviously yeah. the Jon Snow death. So when I, I knew going in that that had happened, uh, but I didn't know that Rob died. And, yeah, that was one of the other ones that hit me real hard because like, there was no other character that I identified with except for the one that we'll talk about here in a minute. And, yeah, that, that was a big deal for me too. So I'm, I'm glad that that was one of the, the huge deaths for you as well. Yeah, that was probably the moment that launched a thousand internet videos because it seemed like uh, the favorite's pastime for book readers was to sit there and slyly try to record non-book readers when they were experiencing that moment for the uh-huh. first time because you just see almost everyone the utter shock and devastation. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, I can't... Because, um, I mean, you can almost say that about a lot... I shouldn't even say a lot of the deaths. Some of them, I don't want to say you see coming, but they're not as powerful as it seems like those two, Rob and John. And then, like, I know John, yeah. for instance, is a big one. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Kristen Bell, who's obviously a very famous actress. Uh, I think is her mm-hmm. husband did exactly what you were talking about. He recorded her uh, when that episode happened where Jon Snow gets killed, and her reaction is that, like, this show is too much. I can't take it anymore. She's, like, full-on crying. And I do remember seeing a lot of that stuff, obviously, with the Jon Snow death, but I didn't know. Again, maybe it was because I wasn't into the show at that time that that all happened with Rob. But, yeah, that was – I mean, just – it was it was powerful. Like, it, it, the whole time – all that stuff was happening. I, I was thinking something's going to happen. Something's going to happen where he's not going to die. He's going to figure out a way out of this, whether um, you know it had anything to do with um, – uh, why, why, I don't want to call it his wolf. What, what, what's, um, what's his, what's his Ghost. name? Ghost. Uh, you know, I was like everything – I was thinking something was going to happen, and then it never did, and it just – oh, man, it drove me crazy. Well, and um, ironically – you know, you wonder why book readers are so bitter that George Martin hasn't uh, finished the book series. The last book that's in print ends with Jon Snow getting 
snuffed out. Gotcha. So could you imagine having read that? And then I, I'm, I can't remember for sure, but I think it's been almost a decade since that book came out. I and mean, he hasn't, yeah, that would drive for, me insane. My my coworker has uh, read all the books, and I remember after that moment in the show, him talking about, yeah, that's how they leave you uh, with him with the books. And I was like, well, at least you have the show where you know you're going to get some kind of an yeah. answer in a week or you know in a few months. Yeah, like uh, I hate to compare it to this because it's not it's not apples to apples. It's more like apples to oranges. But uh, it th- what you're describing there with the book almost makes me think of kind of the way they ended Sopranos. I don't know if you've watched that show. Yeah. Uh, but obviously the way they ended it with you not knowing if Tony uh, Soprano really dies or not, and then obviously unfortunately he passed away in real life. Uh, so we're never yeah. really I think going to get that answer. That's always I still loved it. I didn't think it was a horrible episode. I know a lot of people did, um, but. Uh, that I can understand their feelings then on the book, especially with it being a decade later. And I, I think there was actually a story here recently that said he's not going to go back and ride anymore, right? No, he's been working on it. Supposedly, uh, he's had a draft of the new of uh, the next book for a while, but then threw it out. Wanted to start over. Some people gotcha. speculate that he's been sitting back watching and wants to see how the show ends and see what the reaction to it is uh-huh. and decide whether he's going to change the story or not. Because supposedly um, the showrunners uh, for the show met with him and were able to get a general sense of how the books were going to end so that they'd have a direction to move toward with the show. Um, now, whether he decides to change his mind or not or you know the other thing is he's not getting any younger so some people wonder if the show is going to end up being the definitive end to this story Um, so it's just kind of an interesting space to be in all right so i keep referencing my favorite character so uh, i'm gonna bring up the other one besides rob stark and that's um it's, uh, God, I was going to almost say Bran. It was, it's Bran for me. Uh, the cell sword that is uh, kind of worked with um, Tywin, not yeah. Tywin, um, but is, Tyrion. He's, yeah, Tyrion. But he's with Jamie now, obviously, uh, mostly because of how sarcastic he is. For I mean, I love a lot of his one-liners. I was actually talking to a friend about it today. Uh, didn't realize some of the things that he said again. I have one of my favorite lines that he quips back at Jamie. Um, I actually think it was in season seven. Mm-hmm. That he makes the equipment that's in the intro, but uh, I just I love how sarcastic he is. I think he's a little bit more honorable than he likes to lead on. Uh, but I've, I've always kind of liked the way he was this this entire season. I hope nothing bad happens to him. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but he's again now my favorite character since the passing of Rob. Do you have one or even a couple favorite characters? Yeah, there's a lot of people that I've always uh, felt uh, pretty attached to. Um, Probably my most favorite character, which ended up being a surprise to me, at the beginning of the show, I did not really care for Jon Snow. I would often like wander around during some of the first and second season episodes that he had at Castle Black. I'd be like, well, I don't have to pay as much attention right now. <laughs> and somewhere in the uh, the third and fourth season, that kind of totally flipped for me. Um, I actually, my Facebook picture that I just put up, my profile picture yesterday is uh, my wife and I went to a Halloween party a couple of years ago and dressed as characters. So I have John's sword and his uh, cape, and I may actually 
bust that out for Sunday's premiere as well. But, uh, you know, he's one of my favorites. Um, I've always really liked uh, Daenerys and Tyrion as well. Yeah. Um, so I I know they won't all live. That's, uh, you know, if, it reminds me there's a line in... Um, in the fourth episode of Band of Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, where they're talking about replacement soldiers and they're interviewing one of the real-life World War II vets, and he says, I got to where I didn't want to learn their names because it just hurt me so much when they got killed. That's how I've almost felt the last few years in Game of Thrones. It's hard to give your heart to any new people or any people that you see in peril because you're just afraid of getting hurt again after the Red Wedding. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually... Um one of my good friends said Tyrion is his favorite character, and that's why we were talk- going back and forth about him and Bronn, because I do think they're both uh, very sarcastic people who who somewhat kind of wear – I mean, Tyrion does it a lot mm-hmm. more than, than Bronn does, obviously, but wears kind of his heart on his sleeve kind of guy, and uh, I do like that about him as well. He's one that I never really thought I would like. Uh, Jon Snow um, – you know, I think everybody, it seems like everybody kind of loves Jon Snow. Women, we all know why they love Jon Snow. And then guys, because he's kind of like the everyman, if that makes sense. Uh, he's the guy yeah. that we all we all root for. Uh, but see, so I always try to find like the other guys that I, that I really like. And Tyrion has really kind of grown on me as well, especially these past few seasons. Uh, just seeing the way that, uh, you know, his whole family treats him and kind of the way that uh, his relationship really with the whole family is all in my opinion just with jamie obviously like cersei hates him obviously his father tywin hated him um we don't know obviously how his mother felt because she died because of him uh and to see that kind of bond broken as well between him and jamie after he killed his father was uh was pretty powerful Mm -hmm. for me as well to kind of see he's almost on his own and alone and then when he gets to meet daenerys is just kind of like a uh, his reborn moment, which I know you talked about, is one of the one of your favorite uh, episodes as well. Those two kind of meeting mm-hmm. together and coming together. Yeah, and and having seen him really grow into that, I've always enjoyed his uh, one-liners too. So it's going to be interesting to see. That's the tough part, knowing you know there's only six episodes left. The clock is really ticking for you know. There's so many even peripheral characters that. I have an affinity for that you want to survive. Like I, I told you, we do this, uh, we do this quiz prediction quiz, which we're using, we're doing again this year to decide draft order. And it begins with this entire list of characters where you have to say whether you think they're going to live or not. And I was looking at it. Uh, it's due Friday at five. I just did mine a couple of days ago. Cause I was, I was putting it off cause I didn't want to have to commit to a position. Right. <laughs> I got you. All right, so um, I want to get into some of the um, – before we get into the predictions, just kind of talks on uh, different stuff. One theory that I've seen a lot of people talking about that I would uh, – I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. We'll, we'll go over a couple of them. One of them my friend actually wanted me to ask you about, and the fact that he and a lot of other people seem to think that Littlefinger is still alive. And have so have you seen this theory? Do you know what this theory is about? I've seen it. It seems real popular to speculate that people who um, we've seen have possibly ambiguous deaths are still alive. There's people that think we're going to see Stannis still alive because we never saw him die on screen. That we're going to see the Blackfish alive because we never saw him die on screen. That we're going to see Lily Stoneheart uh, still. I, I I don't feel like the show is going in that direction. I feel like there was so much um, 
of a sense of closure and satisfaction uh, with the way that they showed uh, Littlefinger getting got in the yes. last uh, in the finale. I, I and plus only having six episodes left and still having so much ground it feels like to cover, even with these expanded episodes, I would be pretty surprised if we see him come back. Yeah. Now, if we saw Arya play him, uh, you know, because we did see that mm-hmm. with Walter Frey, where he yes. clearly was killed at the end of season six, and you see him to start the cold open of season seven, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And then you realize she's playing the game of faces. Yes. That would be less surprising. Yeah, so I agree with you there. So what the the thought is on it, um, and see, part of me, and it's I don't remember everything that obviously happened. Uh, I wish I I was able to. We we me and my wife tried to go back and start rewatching some of them, but um, you know, for us, we work a completely different schedule, so we don't get to see each other that much. So we haven't been able to finish up season seven yet, and I know that's the finale. Uh, but I do remember there's a scene in there where he's talking to um, one of a, I would assume is just like a handmaiden or something like that. There in Winterfell, and what everybody keeps referencing to is the fact that he gives her one of the coins, the gold coins. And so a lot of people think that that's him trying to get in contact with the faceless assassin uh, to take his place in Winterfell or something like that. And I'm right there with you. I don't think that that happened, but that's kind of what everybody is breaking down and and thinking is what's going to happen. That's that that whole thing. Um, I really do think that it was more of him trying to figure out because at the time, obviously, it was him trying to what it looked like turn Sansa against Arya. And yeah. I think that that's what that whole scene was. I don't think it had anything to do with, with the faceless, faceless assassin, but I could be wrong, but that was the theory that a lot of people have been throwing out there. I guess the biggest question for me when you look at something like that is with such a limited storytelling time left and so much to accomplish, what would be the larger narrative purpose of bringing him back? I feel like he was almost a character that had played out his arc before yeah. they even got to season seven. A lot of, you know, they waited till the finale to get him, but you see a lot of filler scenes with him kind of working or having little to do. It wasn't exactly a great season seven for him or even, you know, much in season six. His active role has kind of wound down the last couple of years. It was like they were waiting to get to a big finale moment uh, with dispatching him. And I don't really understand what the narrative purpose would be to have it all have been a trick and he comes back. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of with that theory is that it might it must have something to do with Cersei and possibly mm-hmm. a battle near the end because uh, before I jump into another theory, oh no, because actually I want to save that for the prediction stuff. So uh, I'll save that. We'll touch back on that with Cersei and possibly Littlefinger coming back in a minute. Uh, there's another big theory that people were asking me about that I want to jump into. There's two of them. Uh, the quick one I think will be, do you think Cersei is actually pregnant or do you think she's lying? That's a good question. I go back and forth. I was wrestling with that uh, again last night. I So there's there's two possible things to me one she's making or she's making it up which felt like seems like it might be the most likely the other possible thing i thought of is you know the prophecy of her death was that the little brother would do it well what if it's a childbirth death uh-huh. um, that was what i had thought about at one point 
the problem with that is that would be feel so narratively unsatisfying for right. a character like that to yes. just kind of go out in that way. I lean more towards she's not or it won't matter. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then obviously the big one, I'd imagine you've heard this one before, and I really don't know how to think about it. Um, I I feel like I can be swayed either way. I could believe it and see it happening, but I'm also not sure that Bran Stark is the Night King. Your thoughts? I understand the theory. It's certainly possible. Um, that was actually one of our prediction quiz questions is, do you think the Night King will end up being... Uh, a known character. My answer to that was no. Okay. That's my guess. Um, I just don't. It's possible. I've I've thought about it. I just feel like that almost, for a show that's always seemed to defy people's uh, expectation for where it's going to go, and for a story in general, that almost feels like too telegraphed. Yeah, a move. Okay, I, I, I see. I, like, I can understand the theory, and obviously, people put these theories out there because they put a lot of time and effort into them. If you guys want to read about it, go ahead. I don't want to like go deep dive into it, but it does make a lot of sense. I would. I don't know. I think if that were to happen, I'd still feel like I'd be fairly shocked because I wouldn't expect it. But uh, I do think that it would be more interesting if it was not that, if that were to be what not happens. But it would be interesting to see how that happens. So let's start talking about some of the predictions and everything. I want to get to uh, the first one. One of the uh, Someone commented on my Twitter thread yesterday at MMA underscore full contact. He wants to know, uh, do we have any predictions on the Hound versus the Mountain? Uh, he thinks that the Hound is going to kill the Mountain by throwing him and himself into a fire. Obviously, we all know the uh, the coincidence and the link there with the fire and the Hound and the Mountain. Do you have any thoughts on those two possibly coming together for a, uh, a Clegane uh, kind of battle-off, I guess would be the way to put it? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge... Uh fan thing the Clegane Bowl is yeah. what they often like <laughs> okay. often call it gotcha um I do think we're gonna see uh those two square off I think we got foreshadowing of it in the finale of season seven where he walks up to uh where the hound walks up to the mountain and says this is not how it ends for you brother you know how it's gonna end for you mm-hmm. and I actually think the hound will win uh fire's not a bad guess um, that would be kind of coming full circle because his brother is obviously the one that gave him the burn scar and the reason that he's been long afraid of the flames. I think yeah. for sure that is a piece of fan service that they will manage to get in there. And I think that moment in the finale was a nod toward this is going to happen. Okay. Uh, the next question is uh, from a, a fan of the, the Fantasy Roundtable show. He's always commenting on my stuff uh, at Emma Bullman. Uh, Mark, uh, and he asked about some character deaths and everything, so I want to save that for a question I was talking about asking you earlier, and I kind of want to get your opinion on how you think Season 8 is going to shake out, because there's a lot of people that I talk to who are obviously huge fans of the shows that they actually don't think that the entire season is going to be based on them fighting the Night King. They think that it's going to be like two to three, maybe four episodes, and then the last two are going to come down for almost the battle of Westeros with Jon, Daenerys, or whoever else is still, and who all else is still alive against Cersei. How do you think that that part is going to play out before we get into who we think dies? 
Yeah, so for as much as the show talks about the great war is between the living and dead and that that's the only war that matters, ultimately what has uh, attracted people to the show and gotten them to sink into it is their attraction to the living characters. Right. Uh, and that's part of what makes a great drama a drama. And I think we got a little foreshadowing of where they're going with this last year in that finale when you have the, the meeting for an armistice where they all seem content to focus on the fact that whatever the threat is in the North has to be dealt with first, and then they can turn back toward the Game of Thrones. And ultimately, instead of going with the series, with the series title for the book series, which is A Song of Ice and Fire, they specifically titled the show Game of Thrones. And I think, ultimately, if, if the show ended with just, you know, the Night King battle or the Night King wiping everyone out. I don't know. Many of our uh, fans of the show have probably seen the most recent teaser, which just shows Winterfell in ruins with mm-hmm. snow all over it and everybody's famous weapons discarded. I think that's a total misdirect. I cannot yeah. see this show actually ending with all of the main characters just basically dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that people have joked that that would be fitting to what George R. R. Martin has done, in which, oh, you like this character, they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I just actually, for the sense of a satisfying overall series, I, I just don't see it happening. The other thing, um, there's been, been a lot of rumors that the battle for Winterfell, which is the battle against the Night King, mm-hmm. happens in the middle of the season. Miguel Sapochnik, yeah. who directed Battle of the Bastards and Hard Home and Winds of Winter, uh, is rumored to have directed the third episode, which gotcha. is also the longest episode in running time, 82 uh-huh. minutes. And they said this season was going to feature the longest sing- continuous battle episode in the history of television. Gotcha. So I think a lot of things are lining up that the battle for Winterfell against the Night King is going to be the third episode. Okay which lines up the back half of the season really turning toward what how it shakes out. Right, okay. So that, and I agree with you. Uh, we have been uh, actually, obviously, I'm sure as you, many of people are talking about all this stuff right now because we are getting obviously closer and closer to the premiere. And that was something that one of my friends brought up to me yesterday when we were talking uh, on the phone about the, the season. Uh, and that was something that he touched on too, also bringing up some of the show times and everything like you were just talking about that uh, he thinks that it was going to be three episodes. And maybe that's what he got that information from as well. I didn't know that about the episode and the length and everything. Um, but that he was saying that he thought they might end it with season or with the third episode, and then everything turns to as you adequately put the Game of Thrones there at that point, and it's kind of who's going to end up ruling Westeros. So that brings me to his question. Then uh, that's exactly what he asked. He asked, "Who do we think is going to end up ruling Westeros? Do we think who all main character wise do you think is going to die? Do you think Daenerys and Jon end up together?" Uh, and do you think Cersei dies, and if so, who kills her? So obviously that's a lot of questions. So we'll just start with the first one. How many how many main characters do you think are going to perish here in the last season? Um, I think we're going to see quite a few um, main characters perish. Uh, it was hard for me when I, you know I said we have to do the predictions. Mm-hmm. I went with uh, my heart on a few of them, uh, hoping that some of them will live. Um, I'm actually going to, I'll tackle your Cersei question first, because okay. I think the the answer to the other one is a little longer. I do not think Cersei will survive. I think any 
scenario that ends the show with her still alive would end up being a disappointment to most people. I mean, uh, they have, we've seen how that prophecy has played out for the most part and how it's dominated her thinking. I, in my prediction, that was actually one of the questions in the quiz. And fortunately, since, uh, this episode's airing after everyone will have had to answer. They're not going to get my answers early, but my right. prediction was she dies at the hands of Jamie. Okay. I think that that's really the natural conclusion to that story. They've been so intertwined the whole way. Uh, I think, uh, as I said earlier, uh, I was happy at the, at the end of seven when he decides to walk away from her because it felt like she was preventing him from being, uh, the kind of man that he could be all along. And I think uh, any other resolution would feel a little less satisfying. Okay, so before you answer the other one, I want to say yes. I agree with you 100%. That's actually what I was saying as well. Um, he is one of my other friend's favorite character of the show, and I've never liked him based on that, that I've always felt Cersei has hold, held him back from everything, and he's shown at times that he could be a very honorable and upstanding gentleman, uh, and she kind of brings him down into the muck, is the way to put it. Um, and so I actually thought the same thing. I think that she's going to get killed by Jamie. Uh, so I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm sure there are other people out there besides the two of us, uh, but I wasn't sure how you would go on it, and I do agree. If she ends up surviving, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd be disappointed. Uh, no, I, I would be disappointed, because she, for me, is like the most hated character of the show in my opinion. Um, so I would it would I would hate to see her live through all of this stuff, but I don't know if it would cause me to to hate the show or anything like that. Not that that's what you're saying, but I don't think uh, yeah. that that wouldn't like make me oh this show sucks just because she lives, but I would obviously like to see her her die. Well see you know for me uh, I, I get off often asked where do I rank Game of Thrones in the pantheon of my favorite shows of all time and my answer is always I refuse to rank any show in the pantheon of greatest shows of all time until it's finished gotcha. because we've seen so many shows that were incredible for long stretches of their run that just absolutely fumbled the ending I think we think a little bit less of Lost after the mm-hmm. last two seasons and the way that show brought it in uh, then as opposed to where you might have ranked it after say the fourth season agree you know there's so many shows that you know the ending is such a crucial part and there are so many things in the air would it would not if she lived it wouldn't keep me from thinking game of thrones was still an incredible show that i was happy to have watched but it would make me probably knock it down um you know again depending you'd have to see how it plays out right um, but it just seems so unrealistic that there's a scenario in which, you know, she makes it. Right. Um, I actually don't think Jamie lives either. I okay. predicted him to die. I think he will end her, but I don't. I don't think he goes on either. Okay. Uh, do you want to, any more characters that you want to touch on, or do you want to move on to the next question? I think the probably the biggest. I mean, you know, we could go down the list i don't think any of the i didn't predict any of the gray joys to live okay um sadly for you i did not predict Braun to survive i hate you <clears throat> okay no, i know can't. sometimes i hate myself um <laughs> but it just it, when i was thinking about it um uh, it didn't make uh a, i just think that that's a that's a tough sell i don't think jorah will survive mm-hmm. 
uh, Jorah Mormont. I think some some sense of uh, sacrifice. It'll it'll be a noble death. Um, I don't think any of Daenerys' dragons will survive. Okay. Um, and that so when you get to it, will the biggest probably question is who sits on the Iron Throne and will John and Daenerys end up together? Uh, my answer to will they end up together is no. Okay. I think John will end up on the throne, and I do not think she will survive. Okay, interesting. See, I'm torn on that because part of me, I would say a bigger part of me agrees with you. I don't know if it's going to be John or Daenerys. I'm still torn on if I think, I do think one of them is going to die. I don't think they end up together. I feel like, especially mm-hmm. with the, I feel like, um, just a quick on to that uh i think it was building up toward who Jon snow was obviously before you find out i think a lot of people were kind of putting those pieces together uh and finding out who he was before you actually get the full reveal um so i've thought for a while now that it was going to come down between those two i actually kind of think that there's going to be a um almost like a power struggle between those two if that makes sense because i do think that once daenerys finds out that he is a Targaryen. I think that she is not going to want to share with him. Uh, share with him sounds so like young. I just I think that that's going to cause friction between them, and I do think that that's going to cause a battle between those two. I don't know if it's going to be Jon Snow who lives, but I don't. I'm with you. I don't think they end up together. One of them, I think, is going to end up on the throne. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent sure on that because I do think that if john lives i don't think that he wants to rule westeros and so that was where i was kind of torn on it i don't know if this if he'll live but i could very easily see john if he's the one who lives say daenerys dies to go back to winterfell and just run winterfell and then possibly gendry ruling over the seven kingdoms being baratheon's son any any thoughts on that so here's uh, my rationale. First, uh, why John ends up on the throne? Because it's the last thing he would have ever wanted. The entire arc right. of the show has been about him shying away from the spotlight or being in in big positions. He he always in the early seasons bristled a little bit when they talked about him being Ned Stark's son. He always disassociated himself with the Stark family from the sense that they were on a level that he wasn't, that's part of the reason why he went to the wall. He never really wanted to be the Lord Commander. Uh, He reluctantly accepted that position. He never wanted to have to lead the soldiers. I mean, you see in that Watchers on the Wall episode, Mm -hmm. everybody just naturally looks to him, even though that's not what he has ever considered himself to be the leader. Mm -hmm. You see Battle of the Bastards, he's reluctant to have to go out, but he knows he has to lead the army and he has to lead this fight. When they start chanting King in the North, you see on his face that's not what he ever pictured for himself or what he ever wanted for himself, but he reluctantly takes on that mantle and feels like he's got to fulfill that duty. And I think it's going to be the same way with being the king of of Westeros basically to sit on the Iron Throne. That's the last, he's the last person that would ever want it, which is why he's the best person to be it. That's been the history of what makes him a great leader. He's, he's one of the few people in this entire game. That's not really interested in power and prestige and titles. He just wants to protect people and to do what's right. And I think that's what makes him the unobvious, but obvious choice to be um, the king. I actually think it ends up with Sansa and Arya ruling uh, as Wardens of the North 
in Winterfell. Sam going back to be uh, to to be Lord of the Reach and and running in that area. And Tyrion ending up being John's hand of the king. For Daenerys, I don't actually think that she dies because of a conflict with John. I have uh, long believed that she was going to die in the fight with the Night King. Okay. And I still do. There is, at the end of season two, in the finale of season two, when she is in the House of the Undying, looking for her dragons, she has a vision. She sees uh, King's Landing covered in snow, the throne, and then she appears to walk through the gate uh, into north of the wall, and there she sees uh, Cal Drogo and her son, who are dead. Yes. I believe that that was foreshadowing that she will end up going north, and that's where she ends up reunited. At you know, she wants the throne; she wants to claim her birthright. But more than all of that, throughout the entire arc of the show, we've seen how much she did love Cal Drogo and yes. thinks about him and her child. And I think a happy ending for her would actually be being reunited with them. So in that sense, she would die, but I don't know that it would be. With I don't know that it would be depressing shot. in the way some of these other deaths have been. So I think it's a bait and switch where it feels like, you know, a common thought has been that she and John get together and John dies a sacrificial death fighting the Night King and she ends up on the throne. I actually think if you think about the way this show is set up the non-obvious option is for that to be completely inversed because it's an inverse of what they claim, you know, what they seem to be seeking. John, for the last few seasons, has seemed content to die a sacrificial death to beat the Night King, mm -hmm. and it would be an ultimate irony that he doesn't and Daenerys does, and he ends up ruling. You know, for the same reason in season one, Robert tells Ned he's going to sit on the Iron Throne when he goes hunting, he says, you'll hate it. John would hate it, but, he, you know, uh, Robert says to Ned, you'll hate it, but you'll be great at it. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about John. Gotcha. He'll hate it, but he'll be great at it. All right. Well, in your uh, explanation there of how you think uh, that's going to play out, that was one of my next questions. I was going to ask you if you thought any of uh, any more of the Starks died. So obviously with you saying you think so uh, Sansa and Arya are going to be Wardens of the North, you think both of them are going to live. Arya... Do you think we see any more of the Faceless Assassin this season? You mean uh, the ones from Bravos or her donning a face? Uh, the the ones from Bravos. I actually don't. Okay. I I think that wrapped up. You know, if you think about it, it wrapped up uh, in episode eight of season six, and then we see her applying her trade. I think it served a purpose in helping her become who she is and you kind of get a sense of that at the end of season seven uh where aria and sansa came together to beat Littlefinger with sansa being lady of winterfell and aria having always talked about wanting to be a knight or whatever i think it that they work in tandem where sansa can rule and aria is content to be you know as she says about what Littlefinger, you passed the sentence i was just the executioner all right, so before we uh, we close out the podcast, I want to get your thoughts on a, on a couple more question topics here. Uh, do you think that Tormund and Beric died last season? 
Uh, no. In fact, I'm pretty sure they've uh, referenced that the actor that plays Tormund is in Season 8. He's talked about actually being in it. And I actually predicted Tormund to live. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I actually kind of like Tormund as well. I think he's a really good character. I'm interested to see, I guess, what kind of happened with those two or how they're going to explain them kind of coming back. Uh, what about Yara? But if you watch the end of the finale of Season 7 pretty closely, Tormund and Beric run um, toward one end of the wall, and if you're looking at the wide shot of when the dragon blows a hole in it, there's uh-huh. a portion of the wall that has manned structures that is just to the right of the par- part that, crumbles uh-huh. i actually think it's going to end up that they were just over from where the wall came apart because they kind of crumble the end of the wall gotcha all right let's see here i know obviously i know you think yara is alive because you talked about how you don't think that she survives um what about um i can't remember what their what their uncle's name is what do you think happens with him Euron, I think he'll. I think he ends up dying. Um, you know, he's probably the last of the Joffrey Ramsey school of villains that we have out there right now. Um, and I think there has to be some way where Theon confronts him, and I think they both end up dying, but uh, probably maybe in a mutual combat. That would be the real redemption arc for Theon, that he was man enough to go and face and take out his uncle. All right, so one of the questions I've been uh, dreading asking you, and now that I know that you think he's dead, I'm not sure I really want to ask you, but obviously since Jamie's left and we don't see Braun go with him, do you think Braun is safe? Or do you think he's going to die before they even get to the real fight? Um, I think he'll die at some point um, in the fight for the throne. I don't think he goes north. Um, because, you know, you don't see him with uh, Jamie. I, I would assume that he stayed behind. Okay. Um, yeah. And there could be an opening for him to, you know, lead some kind of Lannister forces. Gotcha. As long as he doesn't have any, have to have any scenes with the lady that plays Cersei because yeah. they're not allowed to be on screen together. Yeah. Yes, that I do know. Um, well, I mentioned earlier that I thought Gendry might be someone who uh, ends up taking over the Iron Throne there. Uh, what do you think happens to Gendry? It's a good question. I've never been as emotionally invested in Gendry as some people have, but I think I did project him to live. Okay. Um, just because I don't know what the narrative benefit necessarily would be of him dying. There's been a lot of people that think he might end up with Sansa. Oh, okay. I, I could see that. Um, that's been some speculation. Again, some of these, uh, I just didn't have the heart to predict them to die. Um, some I was happy to, to check off that they would die. And some, uh, you know, like I think Sam is going to live. Right. I can't. I can't see him dying. I projected Leanna Mormont to live um, because it would just be depressing if that precocious little girl died. Do you, or what do you expect from Melisandre? Obviously, we don't really see her kind of there toward the end. Do you expect her to come back and have any kind of play at all in this final season? Yes, I think she comes back and she dies. 
Um, okay. She says, and the last time we see her, uh, when Varys tells her not to come back to Westeros, she says, I will come back one more time. It's where I die. Gotcha. And I think there is going to be a certain satisfaction I would like to see Davos. Yes! Okay, I was going to say the same thing. Davos killer? Yep. Okay, I was going to say the same uh, thing. I, mean, I was interested to see if you he was. That. He was one of those I couldn't bring myself uh, to even think of him getting killed. Mm-hmm. So I projected him to live. I also predicted Grey Worm and Miss Sandy uh, to live. I know there's a, a lot of oh, popular Sandy. opinion that Grey Worm's not going to make it. Uh-huh. But that they may actually be the best romance in the entire show. Agreed. And there would be something, you know, close. You could make a case for either them or Sam and Gilly. And um, I think it would be a more satisfying resolution to see those, to see them be able to be happy together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more because I think Miss Sandy is one of the hottest women in this whole thing that maybe that's why I root for her in Grey Worm, but I'm right there with you. Uh, do you think that we're going to see Ilaria again, or do you think she just kind of is done after the whole Cersei poisoning her daughter right in front of her? Yeah, I, I don't think we, we see, um, or again, I, there's another character. You can you can argue that the show never really knew how to handle Dorn and the Dornish people, yeah. um, which may be a fair criticism. I just don't see any benefit again as we're coming down to the end here of bringing her back. She wasn't an incredibly compelling character after Oberyn died. Yeah. So... Uh, I think we've seen kind of her arc play out. Same with uh, uh, with the uh, the other torture victims that Cersei has kept. I you know I just don't see necessarily what the narrative benefit would be to them right. coming back. Yeah, Oberyn's another one that I think was uh, taken from us way too soon. Uh, I really liked having him on the show. Uh, where do yeah. you think the uh, the army will invade first? Do you think it's going to be, st- I wouldn't say obviously straight into a battle at Winterfell. Uh, do you imagine they're going to wrap up some kind of battle there at Castle Black since we didn't see, obviously they destroyed the East Watch wall. Do you think that it's going to lead to a confrontation at Castle Black? Or do you think it's going to be them leading up to the fight at Winterfell? I think we might actually see them attack the home of Mira Reed. Uh, if you remember, she left Bran in season seven, said she needed to be with her family if it was all going to end. Mm-hmm. And it would be uh, a double fan service thing for people to get to see modern day Helen Reed, who is obviously the one you see in the flashbacks, um, who is with Ned at the Tower of Joy when John is born. Yes. It would be uh, a fan service to see him, only to see the Army of the Dead swamp their castle and Mira be the one that makes it back to Winterfell to tell them they're coming. What do you expect from? Do you expect anything from the Golden, uh, the Golden Company? They are the ones that I believe are supplying the mercenaries to Cersei, correct? Yep, and I think that's going to end up being the battle for. Uh, for the throne. I think after they defeat the Night King for as little as John is interested in power, I think he's going to be convinced that after Cersei broke her word um, to go with the combined armies. And I have no trouble believing that Cersei's, or that Daenerys' army would follow him, especially if uh, a couple of their leaders uh, went his way. 
And I actually also think that might be a time where we see Dario come back. Okay. Uh, if he finds out that that she's gone uh, to go and, and deliver what she always wanted in in honor of her. I think her. that's another reason I think we could see Daenerys go is it could be a real rallying point for a lot of people to go in her memory and in her honor. Okay. Um, I want to touch on two things with Tyrion really quick. Number one, uh, his reaction at the uh, the end of season uh, seven, where we see obviously Daenerys and Jon getting together. Do you think that Tyrion knows who Jon Snow is? Really? Mm, no, I don't think he does. Okay. And next, and this is why I'm glad that we talked about Davos earlier, because my feeling is I do think that one of them has to die, if that makes sense. And the fact that I don't think, obviously Davos right now has kind of been the, uh, uh, how do you want to put almost like the hand to John here as of late, and obviously Tyrion being for Daenerys. So I think, uh, I know you touched on, you thought Tyrion might end up being... Um, John's hand, but I, I would imagine it's gonna. It has to be either him or Davos, which is why I think either one one of them is going to die. So if you had to choose one of them dying, who would it be? I don't really think either is going to die, um, but probably Tyrion would be the more likely one. Okay. All right. I just I, I was thinking about that earlier when you were talking about Davos because he's a, again one of the characters I really I would think. Just knowing, again, something you touched on earlier, the way that uh, that uh, he's kind of written these books and the way everything's happened, I would not be surprised if Davos dies just because I think a lot of people have developed this connection to him, especially everything that happened with uh, Stannis' daughter and the way he treated her uh, so kindly yeah. compared to everybody else. I think a lot of people have become emotionally connected to him. I would not be surprised if he dies in some sort so of uh, sacrificial way. A couple of things that I think about, um, you know, if you go all the way back to the very beginning of the show, two of the first characters that ever formed any kind of a bond were Tyrion and Jon, because mm -hmm. they were both outcasts on the road. And, and that satisfying moment in season seven where they see each other, you know, and he calls Jon the bastard of Winterfell and, and Jon, you know, says something about his him being a dwarf. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you see how much respect they've always had for each other. Uh, Tyrion also, you know, in various ways has shown that he is better at understanding the political game and would be the right kind of person. I actually think that would be an appropriate ending for him, whereas an appropriate ending for Davos would be returning to his home in Essos. Okay. You know, he started out as a, as a pirate out there, right. and um, he's never considered himself a knight or somebody from a great house. He's kind of always just tried to, to serve honorable people. And I could see a happy ending for him, you know, going back to an Essos that's been forever changed and liberated thanks to Daenerys and kind of, uh, helping that area step into its next phase. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, do you want to make any other predictions on how? I mean, we've. I feel like we've kind of covered anything, but anything I didn't ask you or bring up that you want to touch on real quick? No, I'm just incredibly excited. I, yeah. you know, 
I also think my prediction is uh, six out of six episodes will end with me in tears at some point um, <laughs> because that's just been been the way it goes. You know, even rewatching, I forgot how emotional it was. A couple of the the sequences, you know, even just in season seven, I just I'm so uh, excited and so glad that it's going to be back, and also kind of bummed out that in six and a half weeks it's all going to be over. Yep, yeah, that part of it does suck. I actually want to, before we close out, because obviously there's a lot of talk about them continuing the Game of Thrones storylines, obviously, but going with different characters that we don't know about right now. Uh, does that interest you at all? Are you excited to kind of hear about them possibly branching off to, to different characters and different stuff? Well, so HBO is doing a, a prequel series. Okay. Um, we're not exactly sure where it's set, but they've had some casting news come out and things like that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, part of the struggle for me always with prequels, and this is the same way I felt uh, kind of about The Hobbit and uh, about the Star Wars prequels, it's hard to get as invested in the stakes because of how the story's going to end. Yeah, I got you. Uh, this one, you know, could go back and, and show you kind of the history and how it sets up. People have uh, speculated that this is going to be about the era when they built the wall. Mm -hmm. Well, we kind of already know what's going to happen, uh, you know, after building the wall. Could be going back, showing you the children of the forest. Well, we already know what happens to the children of the forest. Right. I don't know if I could get as emotionally invested. I know, but... You know, you never know. I, I just said at the beginning, I never thought Game of Thrones was going to be a show that I was all in on, and, and that's, that's certainly been true. And, you know, it's it's hard to say no to any idea of spending more time uh, in this world. The one that I think would be profoundly disappointing is some have speculated that the series finale is just going to be a setup to a concluding theatrical movie. Uh -huh. If that ends up being the case and we do not get resolution at the end of the series run, I would be incredibly frustrated about that. I can agree with you on that. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Entourage, but the way that they kind of set that up with that uh, really kind of bugged me as well, having to wait for a movie to come out to kind of get uh, some of the storylines wrapped up. Uh, I would be right there with you. I, I really don't think that they would do that, but I guess we, we won't know, obviously, until that happens. Um, just seriously, thank you so much for jumping on and joining joining yep. me today to talk about this. It's been awesome. Uh, I can't wait to get this up and get some reactions from people. I would... Uh, like to see if possibly uh, after that third episode comes out, if it's going to be what we both think it is, possibly getting on again and doing a little bit of yep. recapping what happened the first three episodes and kind of what we think is going to happen from there for, because obviously we're going to have a whole lot of information then that we do now, yep. and then possibly even well, do a, a recap of the whole series. And on the uh, the Fantasy Life app blog, um, as I did with Season 7, I will be recapping every episode. Okay. Uh, looking at the key plot points and making speculative predictions after every episode. Those come out on Mondays after the Sunday episode. And uh, it should be up uh, now by the time this is out, but I'll have a season full Season 8 predictions post uh, that's uh, going up live Friday afternoon. Awesome, yeah, and I will I will tag you in this obviously when it goes up. But for anybody who wants to look at any of that stuff beforehand, uh, you can follow Matt at Night Talk seven seven three four on Twitter, 
not only good with obviously all this stuff he does a lot of great stuff with the movie league as we talked about when you're on here and obviously really good at fantasy football as well uh, so definitely give him a follow for all of your game of thrones news and like i said we'll do a couple more of these as the series wraps up uh looking forward to it and i cannot wait to talk to you in the group chat like monday at like three o'clock in the afternoon my time because then i'll be able to watch the full episode uh but until then no spoilers for me please buddy i, can't, I won't be able to handle it yeah, I, I would suggest just taking your phone on Sunday afternoon and putting it in your freezer until Monday night. You know, yeah. Just pretend you don't have a phone. Well, I thought so if anyone's just, uh, listening and they want to get a hold of Matt, just know you <laughs> won't find him until Tuesday yeah. morning. Yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking about throwing it down the disposal come Sunday afternoon, but then I realized I kind of need it. So I might just delete Twitter and everything until every, you know, I might just delete it every Sunday afternoon, Twitter and group me and everything until I'm able to watch the episodes and then I'll install everything back. So I don't miss anything, uh, but I'm worried I'm going to hear something on the radio too. So yeah, it's not going to be Mondays are not going to be fun for me for the next couple of weeks. Just make yourself like a classic '80s rock mixtape or something uh-huh. that you can play as you're driving into work on Monday morning. And yeah, you're gonna. I've, it's the show. It's amazing when the first season aired. Um, you know, you would have had to search really hard for a spoiler about the Baylor episode, mm-hmm. but now the way it's become so explosive and so popular if you don't see it live you better stay off all forms of social media avoid the tv well i think i think my plan is to try and convince the wife to call in sick at least on on the last episode and then i'll call in sick monday so i can make sure that we watch everything but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be rough i have a feeling that these next five six weeks are not going to be fun for me trying to avoid spoilers everywhere because i just i don't i don't want anything ruined for me on twitter because of how invested i've become like over time with this show as well well and for those that want to you know i referenced it earlier for those that want to see the special cake that i've commissioned i will be posting picture to twitter uh prior to the episode airing on Sunday night, uh, it'll have a few house sigils and an iron throne, a uh, little bit of uh, faux blood. Um, so a lady at my work makes professional cakes in her spare time, and she's been working on it for a few weeks, giving me updates. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to see it either. I will definitely retweet that out once you send it out. I'm, I'm excited to see it. And like I said, hopefully, maybe. I, I know the wife's going to listen to this, so I'm probably going to get smacked if, by whenever she listens. I'm actually planning on trying to get this up. Uh, if, it's not this afternoon, tomorrow morning, so everybody has uh, plenty of time to kind of listen to it and possibly go back and look at some of the episodes we've talked about throughout here and just kind of get amped up for the premiere. Uh, so she's probably going to listen to this by Friday and get mad at me that I'm saying I'm probably going to watch some of the episodes without her. But, you know, I, I, you got do what you got to do i can't i can't handle the spoilers so we'll see what happens but matt seriously thank you so much for joining me today and i look forward to talking to you again in a couple weeks and recapping the first three episodes yeah take it easy and for the throne yes for the throne indeed